ladies and gentlemen, on this week's episode, Robert Nunez takes the Degenerate Business School on the road, and we discuss how the markets, after hitting fresh, again, all-time almost highs on Monday, waver some towards the end of the week as political uncertainty reigns. The numbers say a blue wave might be imminent, but does anyone trust the polls anymore? All that and more. because it had a very nice level of resistance that it broke through. So if I was you, I mean, you, you can't get out, you can't get out of the silver trade because like you said, you're, you're down 80% at this point, you might as well, you know, let that ride. But mm-hmm. I'm inclined to think it's going, it's going lower based on rates going a little bit higher. Oh. Interesting. Well, like, well, that means the ten-year yield, though. If if the long-term yield's going higher, that means it's like an inflation expectation type thing, right? Because that's what I think is going on with the uh, with them. You know, the them sweep. You think the here's 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 the really fucked up part that that was being discussed all all throughout the summer when gold was just on a tear. It didn't matter if you thought it was inflationary or deflationary. Everybody was on the gold train. So it it was fucking stupid. It's like, oh, inflation's going to go run rampant. You have to buy gold or we're going to go into deflationary period. You have to buy gold. So, I mean, that that relationship was was broken a while back. So I, I, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, Greg. Yo, dog. Chief, are we, are we saying the Silver Surfer is dead? <laughs> you wipe out, man. Wipe out. <laughs> Not, it's drowning. <laughs> but, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm, there's no point, right? Just hold on. Wait for, <laughs> wait for a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Got a month, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a month still. <laughs> yeah. There's no. There's no reason to to waver at all until the election is done. Who the hell knows is going to happen between November 3rd and December 31st? Or if there will be an earth in 2021, right? <laughs> did, James, did James tell you that he's, he's starting his, uh, his digital nomadic revolution? You're doing it too? No, no, no. I mean, sorry, Robert's doing it. He's becoming a digital nomad. He's, he's moving oh, yeah, to New yeah. Orleans. Oh. Smart. Yeah. Walk, New Orleans. Walk, yeah, walk us through your criteria, Robert, because it's delightful. So the the idea when I started looking into becoming a nomad was to go to, like, a smallish town. And ideally, I was thinking Bozeman 
or, uh, you know, one of those like flyover states that no one cares about. But as it turns out that uh, I have a dog and I don't drive, which eliminates a lot of places. Um, <laughs> so finding, finding a home that allowed pets was problematic and finding a home that was walking distance to a grocery store was problematic. So I, I scoured the, the globe and uh, on a whim, I landed on New Orleans, but there wasn't a lot of thinking behind it. Considered Bozeman, Sun Valley, uh, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, uh, Nashville, uh, Salt Lake. I may at some point go to these places, but uh, you know, I'm gonna be homeless in a week. So I, I had to book something and I'm, I'm going to New Orleans. Well, as we learned last week, uh, some of our listeners believe you to be a white man. Yeah. Because they just know you by your first name and the way you sound. So I think of this and all the places that you listed, with the exception of New Orleans, pretty, pretty white places. So you really threw me a curveball at the end. So I'm proud of you. Proud of you for veering. Not only that, New Orleans is completely open, right? There are no rules in New Orleans. It's like Florida. So you can go to Bourbon Street and get COVID version 5.0, the most virulent strain. Number two, there's a giant Harris Casino right by your hotel. Yeah. Uh, What's What's not to like? There's, there's there's a casino right by, there's a Costco right by, and there's a, a couple of golf courses. So, you know, I may not be in the middle of nowhere, but it's 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 going to be fun. So I'll, I'll be there for a month, and then in a month, I'll, like, move to wherever else. I think, hey, James, tell me what you think. What will be interesting to see is all this energy, Robert, you've been putting into surfing the options market presumably you're now going to put into roulette gambling at the harris casino now in substance is it any different probably not but but now you're you're just taking the degenerate business school on the road and taking the business out of it so that's exciting for us instead instead of lecturing the listeners i'm going to be lecturing the uh the dealers You're going to be the first person at a blackjack table asking the dealer, you sure you want to do that? You're going <laughs> to reverse it. Yes. So, yeah, that, that'll, be, that'll be next week. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make uh, next week's episode, but. <clears throat> That's all right. I'm excited for you, man. Yeah, with the Bourbon Street and, and, and casinos, yeah, you can't go wrong. Just living the dream. Yeah. Which I was there with you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so uh this week, James, on Monday the, the Nasdaq hit the stratosphere. We talked about uh you said if the Nasdaq gets to twelve G's, you're going short. It didn't quite get there, see so see so you didn't go short. And then it it deflated a little bit, ended up basically flattish by Friday. What do you what do you make of the uh, the spike on Monday and then the normalizations, shall we say? 
you know, it's been like that for the past few Mondays. There's been some huge Mondays, I guess, over the weekend. Maybe some some people are calling their brokers saying, get me in. And and then everyone just starts selling off after that. Uh, after because because you're you're following a big week with another with with a with a big Monday and then and then it kind of you know deflates after that. So I, yeah, it's just kind of a, a, a garden variety, just you know, buy, weekend buying. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, I don't really see, you know, it's it's really schizophrenic because of all these of all all the the political news. You don't really know what to make of it. You don't know what to make of the stimulus. So you know, we're really in a holding pattern right now. You know, if we were work if we were working at the Wall Street Journal, we would do the thing where we pretend like we know what's happening. You know, we say. <laughs> It, a year ago, anytime the market went up, it was the China trade talks are going well. And anytime it went down, it was the China trade talks are not going well. Now it feels like it's uh, like Monday. It was like the blue wave thing. It's like, oh man, Biden's got this in the bag. There's going to be, you're going to take the Senate. You're going to take the House. Biden's going to win the presidency. And it's going to be stimulus palooza. Um and then by the end of the week, it was like, well, I don't know if you can trust the polls. Kind of felt like it was the, the sentiment in the market is basically like you said, just a bunch of schizophrenic people trying to make heads or tails of the political outcomes. Robert, are we, are we missing anything? Uh, no, no. But I, I do think this is why the three of us could very well work at the Wall Street Journal, which is as we've established, we already, we already uh, abide by the fundamentals of the tripod. So regardless of which way <laughs> the market goes, one of us would have an explanation for it. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, at, at this point, who the hell knows? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to follow the tech. Fanny has a bit much to deal with. But, uh, you know, everything I'm trading is, is short term, so. Yeah, you don't give a goddamn. Now, well, but also, as I'm looking at Bovada right now, the, the odds of a Biden presidency are at minus 190. Um, and Trump is at plus 155. So it, it, I, I don't know how much, you know, credence to give to Bovada, but it's, they seem fairly convinced. Well, Natron, Natron Silver who uh, he had a tough 2016 um, after com accurately predicting 2008, 2016, he was wrong. And then after the election refused to say he was wrong <laughs> and then tried to lecture people about how they didn't understand statistics. He was like, well, technically Hillary had a 60% chance of winning. And that's just a probability and you people are morons. Well, anyway, some people, people still seem to go to the to Nate Silver as the dude, and he's saying Biden has a, is eighty seven out of a hundred are the odds they're putting on it. So there's definitely there's definitely a movement in that direction, which makes me nervous, but we'll see. On on a not related note, but this week we did get a glimpse into the bank earnings. It's the beginning of earnings season. James, did we, did we learn anything mildly interesting about those earnings? Did they no, have I don't think we did. Vacations, really? 
No, I mean, I always think that the bank balance sheets are like a lot, like like the, the, the loss reserves to me, I don't really know that much about bank balance sheets, but it seems like they, they probably need more money. They probably need more reserves from when they report, like, I don't know, whatever, 8 billion, I don't know what JP Morgan has, but it always, it seems like, it seems like it needs to be more <laughs> given what, what could be coming, especially without, without any more stimulus, but no one else seems worried. So I guess I'm not going to be the, that worried either. Cause it was more of a, a nothing burger. Which well, is the, the big, the big takeaway from those bank earnings was that those loan loss reserves fell significantly, right? Which if you think, if you believe that the banks are, are forward telling of the economy, then in theory, things shouldn't be that bad. I mean, that's, that's what I would take away from it, but it's, I don't know. It, it's a bit of a crapshoot at the moment. So your take James is like, they look poorly capitalized because people are defaulting. Well, that's the thing. I can't really tell what, what a lot is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think I, I'd probably want, I don't, I don't know what billion, how much billion I'd want, but yeah, you'd want a lot. I, so so it's, it's hard for me to say, since I don't really work in the industry, I don't really know what well capitalized would mean. But um, you know, yeah, I don't if either. someone else seems worried, I guess I'm not worried either. <laughs> Unless I learn more about this whole, about, about bank balance sheets. Well, it, to some degree though, it's, uh, it's, that's kind of the mantra of 2007. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Mortgages, no, no income, no job. We're good. But I know you're making the point, Robert, that they are they have absorbed a good deal of losses on the collateral damage from the economy. So there's not much, not much farther to go in terms of damage to their balance sheets. Well. I'm thinking more in terms of what they reported after Q2, which was they had massive um, reserves. So the fact that that's gone down significantly to me says it's somewhat deliberate because they see the risk as fading. Mm. Um, as in the economy isn't in as bad a shape as it was, namely because we went from having an unemployment rate of, what is it, 20% down to 8 which again, both of those numbers are likely wrong, but officially that's what they are. Yeah. And there's, what do you, there's again, and it's kind of, if you think about the earning cycle that will follow, like if this were April, at least I was saying to myself as I was trying to convince myself that the market would fall into the sea, which it never did. In fact, the opposite happened that the third quarter earning cycle, if this thing was really like, if the, if the economy was in a death spiral and the priced in earnings were wrong, that the third quarter, third quarter earning cycle would be the tell. And it just feels like based on this week and probably what's going to happen next week is it will be another nothing burger in that from a, from a earnings perspective, all the companies that are getting all the hot money, like the tech stocks, We'll have great earnings and all the companies that are basically discounted as garbage, garbage pails, like carnival cruises, let's say, or any company in the retail sector will be shitty, but that's already priced in. So with the fullness of hindsight, I feel like third quarter is yet another nothing burger. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
like companies were outright given the the right to just lower the bar all the way to the ground. So all you have to do is crawl over it. And, <laughs> you know, things aren't as bad as the apocalypse, which that's why, you know, everyone's killing it on earnings, but the stocks aren't moving quite as much because we all knew this was going to happen. Yeah. But again, it's one of the, the counterintuitive lessons of the great COVID crisis is, like we always say, we're creating an underclass of humans that we're just ignoring is essentially what we're doing, which I don't know. That sounds like it could end badly, but it, could, it again, it could also just be some dystopian future movie. So there we go. The death of society, well, maybe, but not the death of corporations at all. Sorry, right. I was in the kitchen getting a glass of wine. Robert's um, got a drink. Yeah, it's it's 3 p.m. Um, <laughs> but uh, the beautiful part of all this, maybe not beautiful, but um, from a degenerate stock trader, is that, yes, well, there is a group of people being completely left behind by the economy. We aren't trading their lives, Correct. just their corporations which are still killing it. In, in fact, it, it's, it's, again, we work at the Wall Street Journal. Every week there's an article that's printed that's like, the stock market and the economy have become increasingly disconnected, which I actually think is a false, obviously a false narrative. Um, it's not true at all. The stock market is completely connected to the economy. It's just that the economy is less and less dependent on humans is the reality of the day depressing as that sounds which is why again andy yang is an oracle we're, we're gonna need that ubi man when i can't get a job because the machines do all the analytics I, i'm gonna need some money so i can just paint all day with my fingers yeah it's it's called <laughs> capitalism not laborism <laughs> yeah that's what gets all the it's all the value um so bobby it's your last yeah. week in LA. We're on the doorstep of volatile earnings, uh, the vol the more volatile earnings outcomes, which is always tech, right? Um, even though we talked about their values are already priced in, there's always big moves on, for instance, Netflix's subscriber outcomes. As an example, um, are you looking at any options on the heels of earnings? Not saying it's tech necessarily any old man stocks you're looking at to try to leverage the move in earnings? Uh, not really. Most, I'd say about 80-ish percent of what I own is in uh, call diagonals that go, the short leg expires January 2021, the long leg expires January 2023. So those aren't really earnings plays. They're just going to be things that I continue to roll for the next I don't know, six months until I get tired of it. The only thing that I have that is uh, more or less short term would be I'm, I'm short a put spread on Tesla. So basically, that's just selling insurance that Tesla doesn't fall below 380, which currently it's at like 450. So I think I'm pretty safe and it expires in a month. But other than that, no, most things, most things I have are long-term at the moment. 
Speaking of long-term, James, we, uh, we glossed over it last week, but um, genomics, genomics are crushing it right now in uh, buy and hold corner. Uh, what happened last week that is giving the, was it last week or two weeks ago, that's giving genomics a moment in the sun? And does this, uh, does this mean that uh, the destiny is sealed for companies like ArcG or CRISPR and that they're just going to be juggernauts in 30 years time? Well, hard to say, but I know, I know it was the, the Nobel Prize in chemistry went to one of the developers of CRISPR. So that, I think, must, must have helped. I know CRISPR is up, I think it was up 10% today. So is that like 107 now, I think? So yeah, it's, 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 it's good times now for that. But I mean, these companies have yet to really make any serious money. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, we talked kind of about that last week. Where it was like, you know, these are like a lot of these change the world stocks. Now, not every stock's going to change the world. Yeah. But they're priced like they are. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, getting to like ArcG, I think that's doing really well. I, you know, when I, I remember getting in 58, now it's at in the 70s. Yeah, ArcG um, doing yes. real good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're, you know, we're, we're looking good given our entry point of um, back in June, I think. So, um, yeah, might as well write it up. Well, it, the future is Gattaca. It's Gattaca, Minority Report, Blade Runner, and why not Star Wars? We're just going to blend them all together. So that's I'm I'm branding this now the uh, the dystopic movie future strategy. If you are See, interested in that, a company, that's also go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Finish with that. No, say if you're interested in a company that could have a technology that exists in a sci-fi movie that you've seen, go ahead and invest in it. Just hold on to it for ten years. See what happens. That's why I was I was looking to go to Montana. I'm I'm thinking more of a tombstone kind of world. <laughs> regression? Regression yeah, to yeah. tombstone? Exactly. You're like, let me tell you something, Greg. Horses. <laughs> Horses are solid money. That is the solid strategy, right? Invest like it's whatever, the year twenty five hundred, but live like it's the year eighteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna keep your costs down. Yeah. Bozeman. Mm-hmm. Because Bozeman's not going to change. No. But Los Angeles is, is going to be, it's going to be like Blade Runner, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. Well, Bobby. Yeah. We might, not, we might not have you next week, but, you know, I can't, I can't wait to see what trouble you get in, into the, in the Big Easy. Thank, thank God you're COVID immune, we think. At least four strains by now. <clears throat> but what you could do, though, is like if you get it again or for the first time, we're not sure. We think it's probably if you get it again, it'll be for the fifth time. You can do what Trump did. And even though you're still infected with COVID and on steroids, it's insist that you're immune, that maybe you are immune, even if you're sick. Well, I, I think if they give me steroids, like I'll do that just because of the steroids, right? Yeah, they, okay. if, if you're sick from COVID and they give you steroids, you're going to start lifting weights because you want to maximize the opportunity. <laughs> that That's when I'll finally complete my uh, American Ninja Warrior right there. That's right. During COVID. 
Bowflex too. Yeah, he's leaving his Bowflex behind. Are you putting that thing in storage? You gonna sell it? No, I'm I'm putting it in storage. Yeah, you can't give up on the Bowflex that soon. <laughs> yeah, I've had it for like a month. It's just it's such a waste, but whatever. All right, brother bear. All right, yes. see ya.